to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. Come on, I said, how many excited about Jesus today? Come on, God is totally awesome. And we're so glad. We had a great week this week. We went to a conference and Dustin put his feet in the Atlantic Ocean. We were all the way over in Jackson, Florida, right there on the coast. I don't think I've ever been on the Atlantic side that, sh- that far over before. Um, but we, well, I have in Miami, Fort Lauderdale, I guess. But we're just so thankful we had a great week and God was with us. And we're going to have a great day today. You ready to receive the word today? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you today that you are so awesome. God, we thank you that the subject of salvation is so vast, it's so great. But God, what we can say is this, it's life-changing. And God, we are changed by your power. We are changed, God, to be in the image of you. And we just thank you, we just praise you, and we ask that you would be with us today and undertake as we open up this word that it would bring hope and life and salvation to everyone in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said... Amen. Throughout this entire month, we've been looking at Salvation Unplugged, looking beneath the surface, discovering really what is this salvation stuff? I mean, is it for real? Is it too good to be true? And one thing we've discovered is it's not too good to be true. There is so much goodness, so much mercy, so much grace and so much forgiveness that it blows every one of us away. It's so awesome. And it's a power that's available to every one of us through salvation. It's a gift of new life available to whoever. I like that word. Whoever. He said, God so loved the world that whosoever, whoever. It doesn't discriminate. It doesn't say you've got to be a certain way, a certain how. You know, in the church has been unfortunately bad at this. You know, saying clean yourself up, then come and find Christ. But you know what? We've got to be a hospital for the wounded that brings in the bloody, those who are beaten, those who are abused, those who are lost. Why? Because it's the job of salvation to clean up the heart hearts and the lives of men and women. But unfortunately, the greatness of salvation can so easily be neglected. It can so easily be taken for granted in our lives. And I want to bring, begin today with a quote that most of us probably know, and that is this, God takes care of his own. Has anyone ever heard that quote? God takes care of his own. And there's some quotes, and I'm not going to go into them today, but I have to relook at some of these things that we've been told for so many years. And I look at a quote like this and I say, yes, but there's more to it. I believe there's more to it than just that God takes care of his own. And I feel that the more there is, is this. But we also must learn to take care of ourselves. Come on, I didn't get great amen there. God takes care of us. But you know what? He only takes care of us when we're what living in that place 
where we need to be. And we've got to start taking care of our own lives. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, we've got to start cutting our own grass. Come on, we've got to maintain our own yard. We've got to start doing. And that's what we're going to discover in many things today of salvation. But what an awesome privilege it is for every one of us to live a saved life. If Christianity to you is a chore, if Christianity is a headache, if it's a burden, come on, I'm telling you, you're not living the life. You're living in a decision. You're not living in an experience. Because when you experience the greatness of God, there's nothing like it. So here's our scripture that we've been using, Hebrews 2, verse 1 through 3. Let's read it today. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things. That's taking care of our lives and doing things for ourselves. We've got to give the more earnest heed to the things we've heard, lest we drift away. We're talking about drift happens in our lives. Unfortunately, we tend to drift away, not drift to. We drift out of a relationship, not into a relationship. Or let me rephrase that. The relationships we drift out of are the right relationships and the ones we drift into can be the wrong relationships. Come on, how when we're not where we need to be, we can drift into the wrong places, the wrong relationships. Verse 2, for the word spoken through angels proved steadfast. means God's word is proven. Come on, it's proven. And every transgression and disobedience will receive a just reward. The Bible says in verse 3, but how shall we escape, speaking to every one of us, if we neglect, say with me, neglect. Take for granted so great a salvation which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed by those who have heard him. How shall we escape? What else will bring about our liberation and freedom if we neglect the greatness of God? Look what it says in Romans 1 verse 16. Paul writes these words, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Say with me, salvation. Come on, that's what it is. That's the gospel of Christ. It's a salvation of man. You know, it's a salvation message. Notice what he says. For it is the... Come on, say it like you mean it today. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. There's a power to live through a life of salvation. And I want to talk today about living a saved life. Living a saved life. Some people can look and say, well, what's all the fuss? I mean, come on, get real. I mean, this salvation stuff, is it really that important? Is it important for me to live right? Is it really important? God loves me how I am. Come on, is it really? I hope by the end of today, you're going to see how important it is to live a saved life. Because we're going to show you today eight benefits, eight points, eight ways in which salvation is going to impact your life. We're not talking about just meeting your life. We're talking about colliding your life. Has anyone ever been in a car accident here? It's not a nice feeling, is it, to be colliding into someone else, to feel that impact and that jolt. And you know whether you've been in a wreck or not. Come on, do I hear a witness? You don't have to scratch your head and say, whatever happened there? You know. You maybe don't know the circumstances and how it happened, but you know it happened. And you begin to feel something. Maybe your neck's a little bit sore. Maybe you feel a little bit dizzy. As a result of the collision, there's a feeling that comes. Come on. Salvation is that which wants to impact, wants to collide with our lives. And it doesn't leave us with a headache or a bad neck, but it leaves us with a new release of power and future in every one of our lives. And we're going to talk today 
today about why we should live a saved life. And we're going to come from Psalms 21. The whole passage we're going to be reading through today. And we're going to look at it. We're going to take all our points straight from the word of God today. Because we know that's the truth. Come on, I can stand up here and give points and all these things. But if it's not from God's word, that's the truth. And you know, even with the truth today, we can choose to accept it or not. And if you choose not to accept it, we just celebrated a day for you at the beginning of this month. April Fool's Day. There you go. If you choose not to accept it, then you're a fool. Did you hear the story of the atheist? The atheist went to the judge and the judge, and he says, you know what? We've got days for Columbus Day. We've got days for Memorial Day. We've got holidays for everything else. He says, I want a day that can be known as the National Atheist Day. I want us to have our day. Judge looks at him and said, but you already have such a day. And he scratched his head and he says, yes, April the 1st, because the Bible says in Psalms 14 verse 1, only a fool in their heart says there is no God. Come on, so they've already got their day. So come on, moving on, Psalms 21. In my Bible, the title of this psalm is Joy in the Salvation of the Lord. Now, your Bible may not be the same, but I'm sure the title is very similar to that. Something talking about freedom, joy, liberation, what happens as a result of that salvation experience. So I'm going to begin reading verse 1 and 2. Follow along with me today, reading from the New King James Version. The king shall have joy in your strength, O Lord, and in your salvation, how greatly shall he rejoice. You have given him his heart's desires, and have not withheld the request of his lips. First point that I want us to bring, why we should live a saved life is this. You have given him, the Bible says, the desires of his heart. Dreams can become realities. Come on, dreams can become realities. If you have, given, you have given him his heart's desire is what the scripture says. I, I really believe through salvation it's time to dream again. Some of you had dreams for your life and you had plans and you had preparations. But through maybe wrong decisions and wrong choices you got pregnant before marriage. You, you found yourself wandering off and got involved in the wrong crowd. You perhaps find yourself locked up and behind bars in some kind of situational circumstance. Whatever it may be, you had dreams but you felt that those dreams were destroyed. I want to tell you that through salvation, those dreams can once again become a reality. They can spring into the man. I'm feeling like preaching in the house today. Come on, I'm feeling like preaching in the house today. That those dreams can be expressed and they can be lived. Have you ever been in a dark place where the enemy taunted you and told you, oh God had that for you? I know about that. I I remember being in that place. I remember what it was to be an eight-year-old young man and have dreams of what we see right now and not just what we're a part of, but greater things even than this. Seeing myself standing before many, many thousands of people preaching the gospel message. I had those dreams and when Satan came in, he didn't try and take those dreams. He presented them to me and said, see what was available. But you blew it. I want to tell you right now, it doesn't matter what you've done to blow, to blow it and think you've lost it through salvation. Those dreams can once again come back to life. Look what it says in Proverbs 23 verse 7. This is right now an up-to-date thought. It says, for as he, what? But in his, what, what's the scripture? For as he thinks in his heart, 
so he is. Not past tense, but as I'm thinking right now, where am I right now? So he is, or so is he. Notice this, salvation is an is. It's not a should have been. It's not a could have been. It wasn't once in a time. Salvation is right now. Salvation is a change right now. Salvation is new desires. Salvation is new dreams. Salvation is new experiences. Psalms 37 verse 4, the scripture tells us, delight ourselves in the Lord. And what happens? He renews. He brings back the desires that you have in your heart. The Message Bible says, keep company with God and you'll get in on the best. I like that. Keep company with God and you'll get in on the best. Why do you get in on the best? Because he brings it to your life. You see, you're his delight. The Bible says delight in the Lord. He delights in you. You're his delight. And now he wants to see return to his delight. He wants to see return to your life. And the idea is this. That God will place or God has placed those longings, those dreams, those hopes, those desires inside of your heart. They're dreams that God has placed there. They're not just selfish things that I want this and I want that. But what he's talking about here is the dreams that are God-given dreams. God says what? He's going to bring them into reality. How? Through salvation. Through living a saved life. So many testimonies right now in this place that they can testify that dreams have become a reality. Go and ask Kristen 10 years ago if she thought she would ever be having a home where young ladies would come. She was struggling. She needed a home like that herself 10 years ago. Come on, there is testimonies all around you today of dreams that have now sprung into life because of the hope of salvation. In fact, you're sitting in a dream today. You're sitting in a dream that became a reality and is still becoming a reality of God. Point number two, answered prayers. What? Because of my salvation experience? Yes, because of living a saved life. We can have answered prayers. Verse two says, and you have given him his heart's desire. Notice the next part. And have not withheld the request of his or her lips. New Living Translation says you have withheld nothing that he or she has requested. One of the promises of salvation is that when we live a saved life and when we trust God, he's going to answer our prayers. Come on, he's going to answer our prayers. I think more than just praying, we need to start expecting God to answer our prayers. Come on, I I think that would change the way we pray if we really began to expect answers to prayer. You see, a lot of the times why we don't get excited perhaps about the answers to prayer is we sometimes say, well, is that really what God wants for me? But you see, when you live a saved life, you begin to realize what God has for you. You begin to understand the will of God for your life. So instead of praying from sin or instead of praying from doubt, instead of praying from a place of unforgiveness or from wrong motive, you are now praying from a place of salvation, that you're saved, that you want God's best, that everything you desire for your life is for His glory and for not your own. And we talked about that last month in Still Empty. But, you know, here's what we've got to do. Instead of focusing on the obstacles, we've got to begin to believe for those mountains to be moved. 
We can look at the impossibilities, and Jesus said, they're mountains in your way. There's something about a mountain, and that is this. It's blocking the view of where I need to be. Come on, it's blocking what God has for me. And Jesus said, if you've got faith to believe, what do you do? You begin to speak to those mountains, those obstacles, those hardships, those things that stand in the way, and you command them to go. You see, we've got to begin to pray through those things. Come on, we've got to begin to see on the other side and realize that as a child of God, that mountain has to go. There are obstacles that are blocking my life from God's best. You see, to live a life of salvation is to live a life within its boundaries. Let me say that again. To live a life of salvation is to live within its boundaries. The boundaries of salvation, a place where I believe prayers are answered. Are you getting this today? Point number three, here's this. Come on, you can shout in the house today. You're, in, you're, you're alive in here today. Come on, I said you can shout in the house. Point number three, blessings are coming your way. I, I don't know if you want some blessings, but I'll shout and say thank you God for yours if you don't want to take them. Come on, as a result of salvation, a life that was once cursed. A life that people looked at and say, wow, they had so much promise and potential, but look at them now, can be completely turned around into a life of blessing. A life of blessing. Verse 3, for you meet him or her with the blessings of goodness. You meet us, God. Through salvation, he impacts us, he collides with our world, and he meets us with blessings and goodness. New Living Translation says he wants to give us success and prosperity. I know you've heard me say this before, but wherever I go, I demand favor over my life. When I go places, I really demand favor. And it's not a state of arrogance. It's not like, look at me, because I don't want people to look at me. It's not because of who I am, but it's because of whose I am. Come on, I'm a child of the king. Come on, I'm a child of the king. We've got to start walking and talking and living like that. And I demand the favor of God upon my life because I believe there are blessings that come with our salvation. I'm really going to get excited right now. I love this passage, Deuteronomy 28, verse 1 and 2. This is a great passage and it says, Now it shall come to pass if you are diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. That's living a saved life. Come on, that's living within the parameters of his word. And his will, that when you live like that, to observe carefully all his commandments. How many would say that's not neglecting salvation, that description we've just heard right there? That's not just going through life saying, well, I guess this is okay. But if you're careful, if you're obedient, if you follow, if you're diligent, come on, say with me, diligent. diligent. Notice what it says to what I have commanded you today that the Lord, who's God? Your God, the Lord, your God will. Come on, say with me, will. Come on, that's a powerful word right there. God says that I will what? Set you up. God wants to set you up. God wants to set you up on high. Come on, above the nations of the earth. And notice verse 2, it gets better. And he says, and all these blessings. Now we haven't got time to go through them, but begin to read the next verses and you'll discover the blessing. You'll be blessed in the field. You'll be blessed in the basket. You'll be blessed when you come. You'll be blessed when you go. You'll be blessed when you wake up. You'll be blessed when you sit down. Come on, there'll be blessings that will be there. What does it say? And all these blessings shall come upon you. And notice this, they want to overtake you. 
They want to overtake you. Why? Because you are living a saved life. Don't tell me that salvation, living a saved life is not totally awesome. God says not only blessings for today, God says blessings for tomorrow. Come on, I wish someone would help me preach this message today. Blessings that won't only come on you, but be waiting for you tomorrow. I love those overtaking blessings, amen? Have you ever been going down the street and someone's kind of slow in the middle of the way? And you go around them. Why? Because you wanted to get ahead a little bit faster. God's saying, I want to get around you and I want to be waiting for you tomorrow. Come on, God's got some blessings waiting for you tomorrow. Come on, the devil's got some other things planned. But greater is he that is within us than he that is in the world. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound minds. Blessings for today. Blessings for tomorrow. Oh, but you don't know what I've done. Listen, if you are saved, you're living a saved life. God's not a man that he should lie. He doesn't have to repent for what he said. He says, have I not said it? So shall it not come to pass. If you're not living in this, then hey, you're living in a decision and not an experience. Experience of salvation is real. It's real. It's real. God help me, we may have to open the doors and just go into the 11 o'clock service if we don't get onto this. I want you to turn to your neighbor and I want you to look him square in the eyes and say, you better be living this life. Come on, now turn to the one you didn't want to talk to and tell him the same thing. Come on, you better be living this life. And if you are, you better not be neglecting it. Come on, look him in the eye and say, you better not be neglecting this. You better not be taking this for granted. And we're only on part three. I heard Brian Houston is the pastor of Hillsongs in Australia. He said this in reference to the prodigal son. The story of the prodigal son. He wanted his inheritance and he left and he spent it on living the life. Living the high life which he thought. The Bible says when it was all gone, all the friends he had were gone too. And he was left destitute, hungry. He was left in desperate need. And all he could do was find a pig's. Some pigs and he was so hungry and was such need that he wanted to eat. But the Bible says in the midst of the pig pen, he came to his senses. You see, that was a pivotal moment. Salvation came into his life. His life completely changed. And he said, I'm going to go back to father's house. Now listen to this. I want you to hear this today. When he started home, the Bible says when he was still a long way off. When he was just a little pin in the distance, when he was just a little speck on the horizon, guess what? The father saw him and ran to meet him. Listen, and here's what Brian Houston said, and I love this. He said, it was a picture of blessing that was coming, running towards him. Come on, he didn't deserve it. None of us deserve it because of the mistakes and the wrong things that we've come. But coming to our senses and saying, God, I I just want to give my, I want to come home to Father's house. The moment that we make that change and determination and say, I want to live a saved life. Guess what? Blessing. The Father comes running out to meet us and he says, kill the fatted calf, put a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet, a robe on his back, because my son who was lost is now his fan. I want to tell you today, God wants to bless you more than you even realize it. In fact, I'm going to say this, his desire to give to you is greater than ours to receive it. 
That's sad to admit, but the desire that he has to give to us is greater than many times the desire that we have or the longing that we have to receive it. Come on, this saved life is some good stuff. Come on, some good stuff. High five someone says some good stuff. Come on, some good stuff. Number four, look at this. That salvation, living a saved life, will give you authority and influence. Authority and influence. Notice everything that Satan tried to take from us, salvation gives back to us. Why? Because it's ours. It was always ours. But Satan tried to rob us because that's what he does. He's a thief to kill, steal and destroy. But God says, I've come to give you life. What does he mean? Back your life that was already yours, that was predestined from the beginning of time for every one of us to be the saved life that God has. He wants to give us authority and influence. Verse 3, for you met him with the blessings of goodness. Remember that part, the blessings. But notice this, you set a crown of pure gold upon his or her head, upon our heads. Now, a crown represents ruling. A crown represents royalty for us to rule and reign. I believe as children of God, we should have influence and greater influence in our lives. Come on, I believe we should have influence in our lives. Deuteronomy 28 verse 13 says, And the Lord will make you the head, come on, and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you, and that you are careful to what? Observe them. Verse 12 before that says, You shall be the lender and not the borrower. That speaks of authority and influence in our lives. That it wants to turn around. What salvation or what sin and decay had brought in and bring newness in life. But I will say this, and let me challenge you with this. Let me remind you with this. With greater authority and influence also comes greater responsibility. There's a responsibility that's required from every one of us. And why would God place you or I in such a position of authority and influence? If it wasn't for his glory. You see, God only promotes that which will bring glory and honor to him. So if you want to say, well, hey, I'm, a, I'm in a place of authority now. And just because I'm a Christian, man, I'm just going to be the boss and I'm going to boss everyone. You, you're missing it. God wants to put you in a place of authority and influence. For what reason? So you can glorify God. What once was now has been changed by the power of God. Living a saved life. Come on, are you with me? Number five. Look at this one. Verse four. He wants to give you health and he wants to give you long life. Don't you love that? Health and long life. Let me say that one more time. Health and long life. Verse four. He asked life from you and you gave it to him length of days forever and ever the message bible says it this way he wanted a good life and you gave it to him then you made it long as a bonus God wants to bless your life just as a bonus to you he wants to make it long that you will be healthy listen to me you can't help the cause of Christ if you're six foot under you're much more able to help the cause of Christ and be effective when you're living above ground. Do I hear an amen? Amen. So we've got to do more, I really believe, to be in a healthy state. In a few months, we're going to talk about this. The whole month, we're going to talk about a healthy you. We're going to talk about making a change before you have to. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Making changes before changes come in and you have to make some changes. We're going to talk about being healthy. And I'm going to say something quickly. And stay with me and don't get mad. And listen, if you are getting mad, it's maybe an indication that change is needed here. Come on, I just love you enough to tell you the truth. 
If you do get mad, it's maybe because there's something here that needs to change. But listen, here's what we've got in the church. We've got to the place where we just pray and believe. We quote scriptures about health and healing till we're blue in the faith. Well, he says, well, no sickness shall come upon me. By his stripes I'm healed. I'm healthy. I'm whole. I'm well. We quote the scriptures. We pray and believe God for those things, which is good. But I would ask you this. What are you doing to help your cause? What are you doing to help your cause? Because you've got to realize this. Health is both spiritual and physical. I'm going to say that again. It's both physical and spiritual. It's both spiritual and physical. Whichever one you want to look at first, it's both the same. And I want to do something before every one of you today. I want you to hold me accountable. As your pastor, I am asking you to hold me accountable. I want to be more healthy. Come on, I want to be more healthy. Now, some of you can look and say, well, you're already skinny. Listen, skinny does not mean healthy. Come on, skinny doesn't mean healthy. It just means I'm maybe blessed with a smaller frame and I have a faster metabolism. But it doesn't mean I'm healthy. I may be skinny, but let's run to the street and back and I'm probably huffing and puffing as much as you are. What am I saying is, I think it's time to get healthy. You know, I've got a realization. I'm going to be 41 in August and I'm going to have a new whippersnapper running around. Come on, I've got to get healthy. But you know what? I'm not just getting healthy for our new child we're going to have. I'm getting healthy because there's too much work here on this earth still to do. Come on, a, a sick me is not going to accomplish everything that God has laid upon my heart. Come on, will you help me in the house? Too many people have died before their time. In fact, look at this. The graveyard has more potential buried in it than, with, than that which is alive in most places. I don't want that to be the culture or the testimony of our church. I want this church to be such a place of health, spiritually, physically, financially, in every aspect. Why? Because God promises health and long life. A promise through salvation. You know, today my grandmother in England is celebrating her 90th birthday. Right now, celebrating her 90th birthday. Why? Because she knew what it was for for John 10.10. She knew when God says, I've come to give you life, that he wasn't lying. He wasn't just saying, here's a little bit. God says, I've got abundance. I've got everything that you need. Come on. Abundance is not defined as sickness, depression, death. Come on. Or unhealthy habits. Abundance is found in living a saved life for God. Living a healthy life, a pleasing life. As I said, I can't afford to be saved sick. I've got too much to do. People say to me all the time, you look so young. In fact, I had someone tell me just this week, you look like you're 25. How can you have a 20 year old? Come on, how many knows friends for life? Come on, Facebook us. Come on, we're going to keep in touch. You are awesome. Fantastic. But you know what I say to people when they say you look so young? I say to them, you know why? It's the blessing of God. But it's not only the blessing of God, it's through living a saved life. It's through living a good, wholesome life, a life that pleases and honors God. And I'm telling you, it's for every one of us. Isaiah 40, we don't have this scripture. I gave the wrong one and I apologize for that. But Isaiah 40, 31 says, but those who wait on the Lord, come on, say with me, serve him shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Those that wait on the Lord, he shall renew. He shall make new again, to make like new, to restore. Come on, that's a promise from God in every one of our lives. But you know what? What are we doing? We need to hit the streets a little bit more. Come on, we need to hit the gym just a little bit more. Come on, we need to put down the fork just a little bit more. We need to choose salad on the menu instead of the steak. Come on, we need to do these things 
because the promise is God will do it, but are we prepared to do it? You see, he wants us to be healthy. He wants us to have a long life, but we can kill ourselves. Look what it says in Joel 2 verse 25. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten, the crawling locusts, the consuming locusts, the chewing locusts, my great army which I've sent among you. How many would say that's a whole lot of locusts right there? Don't like it. Don't like the sound of it. But God says, no matter what has come against you to take and rob from your life, God says it's time to take it back. That God wants to restore those years back to you. God wants to give them back long life and health. Come on, salvation is pretty cool. I said salvation is pretty awesome. Come on, this is living a saved life. We can dishonor God by the way we handle our temple. We can dishonor God by the abuse that we put upon our bodies. Point number six, moving along quickly. Being His witness. Living a saved life should be automatically the fact that I testify to Him. Come on, I'm an example to Christ. Verse five, His glory is great. What in your salvation? His glory is seen through your life, through your salvation. Honor and majesty you have placed upon Him. New Living Translation, your victory brings Him great honor. The victories of your life brings honor to God. What a testimony of the greatness of God. That I once was like this, but now I'm like this. And the only one that could do it is Jesus Christ. Come on, that's a witness. That's why your testimony is one of the most powerful tools that you can have. But don't get in the trap like most people and talk about how you were for 59 minutes and then just say for one minute and God changed my life and thank God for that. Come on, we're not giving glory to the past. We're, we're showing what was once but what happened and now what is continuing to happen because of the decision I'm now living in an experience and my life now can be a witness to those around. Come on, our life, our walk, our talk, our attitude, who we are should show the greatness of God. We may be the only Bibles that others may read. What gospel message is on display? Paul said these words, follow me as I follow Christ. I wonder if we could say those words to those around us. Follow me. What was he saying? Follow my lead. He had a confidence when he said that because he knew the saved life that he was living. He said, follow what I am. Follow who I am. Follow everything that I do. Why? Because I'm taking my lead from God. I'm not taking it from the latest preacher. I'm not taking it from the latest evangelist. I'm not taking it from the latest fad or fashion. He said, I'm following God. And the last time I checked, he's still getting me to the right places. Come on, if you follow God, he's going to take you to the right places. And you're going to be like the Pied Piper. Anyone ever heard the story of the Pied Piper? And you're going to be taking some other people with you too. Because your witness, your life is going to be an example. I heard a statement this week, and this is one of the most powerful statements I think I've ever heard, and I'm going to give it to you today. It was a quote by Francis of Assisi, and he said these words. He said, preach the gospel in any way possible, and if needed, use words. Think about that. Preach the gospel by any means, in any way possible, and at the last resort, if you need it. Use words. What is that? Come on. We need to close our mouths and start living a saved life. Doesn't mean that we shouldn't talk, but our words need to back up our actions. Not, not our lives following our words. Come on. Our words follow our life. What a challenge to every one of us. How can I preach the gospel? Here's a question for you. Here's a challenge for you this week, and I want you to do it. How can I preach the gospel without opening my mouth? 
Come on, think about that. So many ways, aren't there? So many ways. So many ways that we can do that. Your example, your life should be a witness to others, bringing others to Him, not turning them off. Too many people are not in church today because of the people who are sitting in church. I said too many people are not here because of the people who are here. That's not the culture we're creating in this church. Come on, we're not creating a culture like that. We're not judging and thinking we're higher and better than anyone else. But for the grace of God, we're just like them. But we're living a saved life. And as a saved life, dreams are becoming realities. Come on, as a saved life, blessings are taking place. There's authority, there's influence. Come on, there's a witness. There's things that are taking place in my life as being living for God. Come on, our desire in this culture of this house is to make the name of God great again. Look around you. We try to do everything that represents the greatness and the awesomeness of God. And do you realize it doesn't matter what we do? One word out of your mouth can destroy all of that. God help us to be a witness. Living a saved life means I'll be a witness. I'll be an example. Come on, I've only got two more and I'm almost done. Come on, say almost done. Number seven, living in God's presence. Wow. Wow. Kind of sounds super spiritual, doesn't it? But it's not. It's just plain and simply being where God is. God's presence is where he is. Look what it says in in Psalms 21 verse 6. For you have made him or her most blessed forever. You have made him exceedingly glad with your presence. The New Living Translation says you have given him or her the joy of being in your presence. Not only a joy, but an honor of being in the presence of God. And as I said, His presence is simply where He is. The children of Israel represented, or God showed them His presence in a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Can I tell you, He wasn't the cloud and He wasn't the fire. That just represented the fact His presence was there. Come on, His presence is there. Even though we can't see it, His presence is there. And God wants to be there with you. Psalms 23, you know it, verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd. But look at verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow... We love the green pastures and the still waters. But here's the promise of His presence, that when we go through hardships and trials and tribulations, and when things don't fall like we think we should, when the, st- when the chips are stacked against us, guess what? Even in that place of death, I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to be afraid. Why? Because your presence. God, you are there. You are right there with me. You know what salvation is? Salvation equals no fear of ever being left alone. No fear of ever being alone. But yet we neglect that. But yet we draw away from that. Yet we take that so for granted. Come on, it's time to live a saved life. And last but not least, love this one. Say with me, protection protection. He'll give his angels charge over you, that they'll be there. David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He puts us in a tower. He lifts us up above. That's the thought, that he lifts us up above our circumstances and situations. Psalms 21 verse 11 and 12, for they intended evil against you. They devised a plot 
which they are not able to perform. Man, I love that. You should be shouting with that. Oh, they've got their plots. They've got their ways. They've got their things that they want to put against you. But come on, it's just a plot. It's something that doesn't really happen. We have something in England called the gunpowder plot. Guy Fawkes, on November the 5th, they had a plot years ago to blow up the Houses of Parliament. They never succeeded. They got caught. Hasten the fact. It's just a plot. Listen, the enemy has things plotted for you, destined for you. But God says there's a protection that all it is is a plan. It's not going to be fulfilled. Come on, it's only going to be a plot that they're not going to be able to perform. Therefore, you will make them turn their back. God's turning them away. Miss Kristen, this is a word for you, I believe, for tomorrow also. Therefore, he will make them turn their back. You will make ready your arrows on string towards their faces. New Living Translation says, For they will turn and run when they see the arrows, God, that you have aimed at them. Come on, God is there with us. Come on. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 28, Your enemy's going to come in one way and he's going to flee seven ways. You know why seven ways? Because that's a complete number. That's the number of completion. God says, I'm going to completely do it. Come on, I'm going to protect your family. I'm going to protect your health. I'm going to protect your provisions. I'm going to protect your kids. Come on, I pray this over my family every day. Protect our cars. Protect our home. Protect our dog. Protect everything that we have. Why? Isaiah 54 verse 17. No weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against me in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage. Come on. This is the heritage. Come on. Get in on the wheel. Come on. It's living a saved life for God. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Those who live a saved life. God says it's not about you, but it's because of him. Notice, and my righteousness, my right standing before God comes only from God. It's only by grace am I saved through faith. But man, I love this saved life. I love what God wants to give to me. His protection can be upon you and your family. What a life to be lived. Living a saved life. So if someone asks you and say, what's the deal with this salvation? You need to take notes on this and you need to start telling me, can I tell you what it is? And if you forgot that, then send them to our website. Grab a CD and say, would you listen to this? Because I've tried to explain salvation to you. But listen, I heard it from God's word. Take Psalms 21 and begin to read it to him. Begin to say, this is what God has for our life. Come on, salvation life, living a saved life. Listen, is a life that continues to produce, to develop and build and get better and better and better and better. There is nothing else like it. There is nothing else that can continue to produce such sustained results in your life than the awesome gift of salvation. Come on, if you're thankful for that gift today, why not put your hands together and stand to your feet in this house? Come on, come on, we can do better than that in the house. Come on, we can give God the glory. Come on, lift up your voice and shout to God. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. 
We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.